0: I'm Adam Rappaport. Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. Joining me in studio is digital food editor Don Perry. Don, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a
0: pleasure. And we got a newcomer joining us for the first time on the BA Foodcast. Is Test Kitchen Manager Brad Leone. Brad, welcome to the show.
2: Happy to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, this is very exciting, Brad. Brad is the guy who basically, Don, how would you describe Brad in our Test Kitchen parlance?
1: Our everything.
0: He's <laughs> our everything. That's the very. That's the very sort of New Agey dawn
1: speaking. <laughs> no, uh, without Brad, we are nothing for real. Brad sources pretty much everything that we cook with, whether it's placing orders that get delivered or scouring the city for the perfect pea. He's our guy.
0: Um, The subject of this show actually happens to be spring vegetables. We had a brutal, brutal winter here on the East Coast. New York sucked. Boston got it even harder. Um, It just felt like we were never going to get a single vegetable. The green markets were never going to happen. We were just going to be eating short ribs and mashed potatoes all year long, which is not the worst thing. But at, at some point, you're like, I would like a vegetable. So, spring is finally happening right now. There's all this beautiful green stuff at the market. I will be honest, I go to the market, I'm like, Okay, this stuff looks amazing. What do I do with it? How should I know what to buy and what do I do with it? So we're going to run down a bunch of these things. I want both your input. Starting off, peas, like the classic spring vegetable. What the hell do I do with peas other than boil them and put in butter on them?
1: That's it. No, really. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a good option. No, butter and chives is Mm. one of my favorite things to do with peas. Brown butter ups the ante a little. And you're
0: just taking them out of the pot, throwing them in boiling water.
1: Yeah, and if, when you open up the pot and taste them – if it's really fresh and not too starchy, eat that thing raw. Ooh, Toss it in salads nice. um, with other grains or even with greens. Um,
0: I like fresh mint with my peas.
1: Mint is delicious. Also, spring veg loves lemon and lemon Ooh, zest.
0: That's interesting. Uh, you always need uh, – the chefs always tell you you need some acid. That's a, one thing like professional chefs always remind you of. Uh, you need some acid on there. I, I had a uh, artichoke salad, speaking of spring, the other night at that restaurant, Isodi, in the West Village. It's a great restaurant. Um and it, olive oil, shaved, raw uh, artichokes. But I felt I asked for a little lemon. I was like, mm-hmm. can you get a little lemon with this?
1: Yeah, I feel like the spring veg wants a little acid, and it wants a little extra salt. Mm-hmm. Like, we really like the flaky salt in the kitchen. Yeah.
0: Also, salt your water well when you're simmering the veg. Absolutely.
1: That way, the salt gets inside of the vegetable, yeah. not just on the outside. Yeah.
0: Brad, what about in terms of looking for something like peas? Are there good peas or bad peas? Or
2: I mean, yeah, if we're talking about just like the English peas, um, yeah. I like to have, you know, the larger the pot isn't always the best. Um, sometimes they're a bit starchier.
0: Yeah, see, what's the deal with that? Sometimes I get peas and I'm like, these are really starchy and I don't like them.
2: They're usually on the vine too long or just oh. a little too m- mature and they just, they get, you know, they get old and yeah, they yeah. start to get a little starchy in texture. Uh, the medium or even the, some of the smaller ones tend to be a little little crispier and certainly a much more sweeter. Oh, that's um, a great
0: piece of advice. So, bigger is not better when it comes to peas.
2: Not no, I would say no.
0: Uh, that's awesome. All right, that's that's why Brad's Brad and and I'm not. What else? What else? What else are you doing? Do you ever make mushy peas like the like yeah. the Brits do?
1: Yeah, all mashed peas, but with a little like really good fresh ricotta.
0: Ooh. Some shaved
1: Parm or pecorino in there, and again lemon zest.
0: That's not too British though. That's like the no. Italian. You yeah, we just do butter and mint and mash them all up.
1: I'll just eat. I like the snap of the peas. Oh, okay in um, the crunch, so I don't usually mash them unless it's going with something else fatty.
0: What about frozen peas, Brad? Are you a fan of frozen peas year round?
2: Yeah, and we use them. They're great, you know, in the bind when you can't get fresh peas, obviously, or yeah. if, you know, you're not getting them shipped from California or something. Um, they work great, and I mean, it's a it's a frozen vegetable that freezes that freezes really well, and you can get them everywhere, and you can use them in just
0: about the same same ways that you would use fresh ones. All right, what about what about like snap peas and other forms of peas? Fan, Dawn
1: big fan of what type? I love a snap pea. Okay. I love a sugar snap pea yep. again raw I never cook them yeah. um, I just snap off the the end that looks like a hat mm-hmm. and then eat the whole thing
0: I so wait the snap peas are the the, the puffier ones what are the really flat ones with the things in those, those snow peas. <laughs> snow peas different okay gosh the good thing I got you guys I did like what Andrew Knowlton told me to do last summer is buy a bunch of snap peas I take the thread off the top um olive oil, salt, and throw them right on the grill, like in a grill basket till they get nice and charred and then hit them with a lot of like lemon juice fresh mint and some chili peppers and that's like the best cocktail snack during grilling hour
2: absolutely and one of my favorite things to do with the fresh english peas is kind of eat them like at but i'll do them i'll put them in a big bowl i'll toss them with salt and pepper i'll finish them with a little lemon when i'm done and uh, you toss them with that salt pepper olive oil and you grill them and the the outside just blisters up nice and it kind of steams in its own its own moistures inside the pod and then you can
0: just you could just it starts to open a little and you just eat it like like you would an aname. That's awesome. All right, next up rhubarb. My mom was always a rhubarb fan and she's always trying to make rhubarb pies. I just I don't I I'm I don't get rhubarb. You got to sell me, Dawn.
1: Sweet or savory?
0: I don't either. I'm just like I don't know what do I I don't know.
1: Well, the truth about rhubarb Because it's not that sweet. It's not. No, it's very tart. Yeah. So I mean classic combination of strawberry rhubarb in a crumble and a pie. Um, which I think is helpful because it cuts some of that tartness. So
0: the sweetness of the strawberry balances the tart, acidic nature of of, of the rhubarb.
1: True. Otherwise, you're going to want to add a little bit of sweetener, whether it's sugar mm-hmm. or agave or whatever. Um, I really like to roast it.
0: Just so, so not sweet, or do you, do you put some sort of a honey or something on no, it? No,
1: this is a sweet preparation. Okay. So a little bit of sugar, a vanilla bean split mm. in there, splash of red wine, and roast that, serve it over ice cream, super delicious. Um, But you could also take it savory. I would still add a little bit of sweetener to cut the tartness um, and, like, serve it with pork, make kind of a jammy compote.
0: See, that still sounds kind of sweet to me.
1: But do you like sweet? Are you against sweet and savory as an ethos?
0: No, I like... like I I like the notion of like chutney sort of things with pork and other dishes, and and I like I love the way rhubarb looks. It's beautiful, strikingly beautiful. That deep red color, and it's great. When you work for a food magazine, you're always into things that look good. But just it just seems like you're always like going through a lot of effort to get it to taste good. You're like, it's really tart and acidic and doesn't taste good, so you got to put a shit ton of like sugar or strawberries with it.
1: I feel like it's kind of a hands off process though. You give it a toss, you wow,
0: she's selling it hard. Brad. You don't know what is Brad, what do you think? What's well, your it's take a, on rhubarb? It's a very unique vegetable and,
2: and and that's why people like it. And the color alone I mean, yes, it is very tart, but if I mean if you don't wanna I like it real thin, raw, tossed in with other like spring vegetables in a salad. I'm and sure. it just adds that little bit of different like, you Flavor profile. So yeah, like a little that. bite. I
0: like that. I like I like raw everything these days. Tossing if you can salads. do it raw, why not? You if, you, if you slice anything thin enough, you can you can mix it into a salad. And it gives you a little crunch and bite. Is there anything in terms of looking for rhubarb, in terms of the season, what to look for, Brad?
2: Absolutely. I mean, when looking, when buying it, I always like to find ones. Where on the ends. sometimes when it's a little older, you'll start to get brown, light brown blemishes. And mm-hmm. it, it starts to get soft on you and spotty. You want like a real nice consistent stalk. I like a real dark color. I don't. You, they come in a lot of. You can get them real pink and real red. It might it just depends on how it was grown and what type of rhubarb it is. But all of them are pretty much the same flavor. Uh, I like the thinner ones that are real, real red, mm-hmm. just because it's, it seems to be a little less fibrous. And uh, in my opinion, they fibrous. tend to be good word. They tend to be a little sweeter.
0: And then, when, like in the Northeast, for instance, when when are we seeing rhubarb in the markets?
2: Usually a little later. I would say at the end of May. Yeah. Through June, yeah, you can buy them now, but yeah. I think they're coming from different places. But in the
0: markets, I believe around June, yeah, end yeah. of May. All right, let's let's keep on moving, keep on moving, don't stop. Um, fava beans, one of those things where it's like I love when people prepare fava beans for me and shell them and do. all of that. Yes, yeah, as is my want. Um, what do we, so are we supposed to go out and buy our own fava beans?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, fava beans you can find frozen
0: yep. or dry
1: or dried. Um, but, and honestly, I'm the same. Every time I'm going through a pound of fresh fava beans and I end up with like three quarters of a cup. Because you have
0: to shell them. And the and the outside, unlike snap peas or something, you're not eating the outside. You have to no. completely discard the shell. And you're going by hand, popping them out, right?
1: By hand. And again, it's a nice meditation. But is it worth it? Is a question I ask myself the every Italian, time.
0: The Italian nonas out there would say yeah. So yeah. Like, you know, It's a very Italian rite of spring that you're getting yeah. the fresh favas on whether it's bruschetta or in a pasta or something you know
1: i mean so i love fava beans but what i like to do is cut them with other spring veg so mm-hmm. you don't have to spend two hours oh. shelling so use some fresh peas use some asparagus in with the favas so you don't spend all day shelling and
0: are you making a pasta with them or what are you doing with them
1: yeah well i just developed this great pasta primavera that you can find on bonappetit.com um which we can talk about a little bit later well, do, but, well i want to talk about that now okay how do you make it so um we picked our favorites Favas, asparagus, spring onions, morel mushrooms. Morel mushrooms. Those are fancy. Which are the fancy ones. Yeah, but they're
0: good. Really deep flavor. They're kind of that spongy looking weird brown Christmas tree. They look like a
1: small brown Christmas tree. But you could use creminis in a pinch. No, no,
0: no. We're using morels. Okay, we're using morels. Stick to your guns.
1: So do
0: so you get all that stuff, then what?
1: Get all that stuff. Saute half of the spring onions, mm-hmm. a bit of garlic. Yep. Why not? Um, and the morels. Yep. Meanwhile, you blanch the asparagus and the favas in your pasta water.
0: Okay, real quickly. Though. Real quick, like 30 yeah. seconds. Salted water.
1: Salted water. Um, oh, can I interject? Yes.
0: Eric Repair one time had this piece of advice, and he does not even he, – he doesn't know why it's true, but he insists it is true. He said he was once told that when blanching – green vegetables, such as asparagus or broccoli, for instance, in salted boiling water, never to put the top on, because if you put the top on, it loses its green, vibrant color. He doesn't know why it's true, but he insists it is. Does that make any sense at all?
1: I agree, and I also don't know why it's true, but... I'll agree with pretty much anything Eric says. says. so <laughs> he's
0: a charming bastard, Eric Capere. All right, sorry. So you're, okay. you're sauteing the, veg, the, uh, the onion and the garlic in the pan. You're blanching the asparagus and fava beans. You're also sauteing the morels with the, the onion and garlic, right? right?
1: Then pasta goes in. You add a little creme fraiche. Creme fraiche is going into the sauteed spring onions and morels. Mm, nice. Add a little creme fraiche, some pasta water, yeah. sauce Whoa. it up. Then add the cooked noodles. Cook, 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 add the asparagus and the favas, toss, toss, toss. So I did end up frying half of the spring onions, thinly sliced, and reserved the fried onion oil. So that's what wow. I sauteed everything in. So then crispy Onions, chives, lemon zest go on the whole dish after. So
0: that's a little gremolata. Exactly. Very clever. Layers of flavor there. I'm going to have to go to (laughs) bonapetite.com and get this (laughs) recipe. I got an email about it. I was like, that looks pretty good.
1: Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, uh, well, that's very cool. Now, Brad, getting back to that starchy thing, because I had some... Fava's the other day, my wife bought, and we were making a risotto at home, and she shelled them and did all that. And But I, they were a little bit on the starchy side. Did she buy two big ones, maybe? It's
2: kind of the same case with the English peas, with the, with the fava beans. When they get real large, they tend to get a little starchy. I mean, in some of the pods, you can get up to like eight inches long, and I find that those tend to be a lot more starchy than, say, one that's four inches. Even though you get less beans yeah, but, yeah. than in the pod... It's kind of work, you know. It's kind of worth it, and I find you know fava's are a good place for if you have people in the, you know at the party or at the kitchen where they can uh, you know get, help out. Get and, involved. Uh, they can work on that while you work on something else. And because yeah. if you're cooking in the kitchen, you're the boss, and you can you can delegate the less you know the less attractive chores. Yeah,
0: because everyone everyone always asks, "What can I do?" And you're like, "All right, well, I got a job. Yeah, here's a giant bowl of fava beans. Go for it. Yeah, get a friend and uh, have fun. Yeah, give them a drink and put them to work. All right, well, that's good to know. All right, next up, we have a couple more things on the list. Next up is spring lettuces. I mean. I don't know. You buy lettuce and you make a salad. Am I missing something here, Dawn? Or is, is, there, is this more complex than I think?
1: I mean, not too much more complex. I also like to toss, um, well, I guess everything with pasta, but I like to toss spring greens with pasta just at the end. Kind of treat them more like an herb.
2: Like a quick wilt on it. Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: and then same thing as like I would use, you know, whole parsley leaves or cilantro. I'll toss spring lettuces with like a bracing, bright vinaigrette and serve with a steak, like on top.
0: Wait, you're saying you're saying you're tossing them in oil to wilt them? Or you're just tossing just fresh lettuces? No, like a,
1: like a nice, brightly dressed yes. lettuces. Treat those like you would whole herbs to go with a roasted beast of some kind.
2: What's exciting about the spring lettuces is that there's so many different colors and types yeah. and varieties. And one of my favorite salads when it is just straight herbs with a really good vinegar little bit of salt and just a splash of really good oil and it's it doesn't need anything else it's it's just wonderful and it's got so many different colors and shapes and when uh, it's there in the spring, is it's, it's that's when it's the best.
0: Yeah, if you, yeah. I think that's always you know when in doubt, when you go to the, your farmer's market, and if they do have beautiful lettuces and other vegetables, a lot of time it is you know just don't do a lot to them. Good olive oil, salt, and some acid is is often kind of all you need. Absolutely. Um, radishes, uh, which have become seemingly very sort of popular the last few years again with with chefs all over the place. Is that is that a fair statement, Don?
1: Yeah, totally fair.
0: Totally fair. Awesome, awesome. So <laughs> you just you just buy them and put them in butter and salt and eat them. Is that's that raw?
1: That's one way to do it. I mean, the other thing that's so cool is there's a lot of different radish varieties. Yeah. You've seen a watermelon radish. It's beautiful. The little French breakfast radishes are great, especially I like with the nice French butter. But yeah, thinly sliced in a salad. Pickled radishes are super Mm -hmm. delicious. Kind of exciting to find on the edge of your Bloody Mary.
2: I mean I love them I love them just raw but they're also they're great if you have them with a little bit of the green still on it and just grill them with a little olive oil and salt yeah. and uh, another thing a lot of people if you see especially nice beautiful radishes at the market you can keep the greens the greens are very edible and they're delicious and uh, I would just store I store them separately I'll remove the radish from from the greens keep those in a in a separate container and then the greens in a separate container well, What are you doing with the greens though You can eat them in, you can toss them in a salad you can wilt them like spinach eat them raw
0: Let's talk let's talk about all right it, it's interesting cuz we're in this sort of confluence of warm weather and the the market happening and grilling season and it's like oh wow like I can grill now and like in terms of grilling vegetables Brad what's your do you have certain techniques or policies you adhere to when thrones? Yeah I like
2: to keep it where it's 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 a manageable size like I don't go cutting many of the things I'm grilling up into small pieces until yeah. after I grill it so yeah, you can yes. so you can work with it on the grill and uh and like I said, like uh, leaving a big you know, big attachment of the, the greens on the radishes. It adds a nice thing. It's got a wilted green to it, and it's got the nice, you know, when you grill those dark red radishes, even if it's just for a little bit, it almost like, I don't want to use the word blanche because you're not, but it kind of makes the color pop out yeah. too, and it really makes a, a pretty presentation.
0: Do you, um? a few times in this magazine, we've talked about or shown photos of, and chefs are big into um, grilling lettuce. Do you ever do that on like a whole side of like, of romaine or something you know
1: yeah i love it what i like about that is you get you know i like to do just one side the cut side drizzle it with olive oil hit it with salt and pepper grill that side so you have sort of half charred and half crispy bright and raw same thing give it like a nice acidic vinaigrette in this case i like a bit of cheese
2: when you grill half of it the the top half will stay that kind of fresh kind of crispiness but then the inside gets this little wilty kind of very wet texture because it starts to release its own liquids and it's a really nice flavor you know you get different textures from yeah. the same you can get different textures in the same vegetable which yeah, is think, which is interesting
0: yeah i love grilling and actually i'm the editor's letter on the june issue which is out now on stands um just i took kind of do a grilled cob salad where i make a, a grain base uh, i think the photo we did is of black quinoa, Um, although last night I just made one using farro, boiled some farro for about a half hour, put it on a sheet tray to let it cool off, and then grilled up a bunch of really good beautiful asparagus with oil and salt, some snap peas that I had like in a little grilling tray, you know, some uh, cherry tomatoes, uh, some scallions, always throw scallions on the grill, never, 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 never a bad move. and and uh, just chopped them all up and then tossed them in a really I said, once again, a beautiful sort of acidic shallot vinaigrette, threw a bunch of fresh mint and parsley on there. You and put uh, that on anything. Oh yeah. my god, so good. That, and I served it with cheeseburgers. And it was that sort of perfect sort of high-low, beefy, cheesy, gooey, and then this just bright spring salad. It was such a, such a wonderful compliment. Yeah, sounds great.
1: I'll say something we did also feature in the June issue was a grill topper. Which is like a thin mesh piece of metal. They're super inexpensive. You can get them at I think any hardware store. That's yeah, a looks, great way to it, get vegetables on the grill. Yeah, it looks
0: like in, like something you get at the auto parts store. or yeah. something. it's like a filter. It's like it's just a, it's just like a mesh cage like sheet tray, and you can. Andrew Knowlton writes about it that he just all summer in Maine throws everything from scallions to broccoli pieces to little uh, padron peppers to you name it. Just like I said, olive oil, salt, anything goes great on the grill. And I like really high heat to get that nice char on oh. it. Well, quick, uh,
2: hot, and fast, and then...
0: Yeah, the snap peas, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. So get get to the farmer's market. Go support your local farmers. Buy some amazing spring produce. Talk to them. Make relations. Exactly. That's the best. Ask questions. Ask yeah. questions. And taste
2: things. Don't be afraid. They'll let you try things. And before you buy three pounds of something, if, you know, if different
0: crops can have different results and just taste, that's the best advice I can. We're, we're going to have to start an Ask BA Brad hotline, I think, right? Absolutely. All right. Guys. I'll call
1: in. <laughs>
0: guys, thank you so much for joining me. Don Perry, digital food editor, and Brad Leone, test kitchen manager. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is recorded to a digital device in the small conference room on the 36th floor of One World Trade Center in New York City. Our engineer is Mitra Caboli with production assistance from Bell Cushing and Kerry Polis and is produced by Scott DeSimon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or at bonappetit.com.